Welcome back to Kentucky Daily, your daily podcast covering the University of Kentucky. Big football game coming up this Saturday. I'm your host, Derek Terry, and uh, set out to find some guests this week. Try to think of some people who come in and preview the Bulldogs and Wildcats. And I went looking for an old friend, Fletcher Page, a name that should be familiar if you followed the Kentucky beat over the years. He worked for the Courier Journal. Uh, from late 2016 to I think early 2018, I can't remember exactly when Fletcher left, um, but he's, he's you know he's someone who's covered both these programs. He's currently, uh, as you'll hear once we get the interview going, um, working for USA Today Sports down in Georgia as an editor. So he was kind enough to join us today, provided some perspective uh, as an Athens, as um, the current resident of that area. Talked a little bit about the expectations down there for what has obviously been a great football season up to this point for the Georgia Bulldogs. But Kentucky will travel there 3.30 p.m. Saturday. Game will air on CBS Sports. If you want to watch College Game Day, they get started early Saturday morning. It will be live from Athens, as will SEC Nation. So a, a big weekend um, coming up. Great for exposure, I think, regardless of what happens for Kentucky on Saturday. Um, should be back tomorrow. With our picks episode, I know Sean will be traveling, as will I, as we get ready to head to Athens. And unfortunately, we plan to have another episode. Um, Sean was trying to connect with former UK tight end Jacob Tammy, who, of course, was on that 2017, uh, 2017 that knocked off number one LSU. He had planned to do an interview with him. Some technical difficulties there. It didn't quite work out. So not sure if uh, that'll be something that will be revisited this week or if we'll try to connect with Jacob later on this season. But for today, we got the episode with Fletcher. Um, as always, our podcast is brought to you by Blue Wire Pods. It's also brought to you by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, London, Williamsburg, and Pineville, Kentucky. You can check them out online. They have a Facebook page, the Butcher's Pub. Um, but regardless, let's get into this interview with Fletcher. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily. We're joined now by Fletcher Page of uh, USA Today, Georgia Group Sports Editor. Uh, big title there, Fletcher. I pulled off of it, so I'm just going off memory. I hope I just introduced you right. But uh, former a lot of other things. Fletcher covered the UK beat a couple years back for the Louisville Courier Journal. Um, covered the Bengals for the Cincinnati Inquirer for a couple of years there. Kind of been all over the place the last few years. But Fletcher, it's good to hear from you. It's good to see you again. How have you been? Yeah, thanks for having me, Derek. Uh, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Um, I think I'm in a really small, select group of people that really look forward to Georgia-Kentucky football, so it gives me a chance to connect with all you guys again, and I'm really looking forward to Saturday. 
Absolutely. Fletcher was on the beat. Uh, I believe he started in fall 2016, which kind of coincided with um, the first truly successful year on the field for Mark Stoops and then uh, through the 2017 season. Uh, I guess, Fletcher, that's where we'll start. When you kind of reflect back to, you know, you go back to that 2016 season, it was UK's first bowl game since 2010, but it was also Kirby Smart's first year uh, at Georgia. But in terms of how UK was, I guess, I don't know how much you've been able to keep up with the UK over the years, having other jobs and things like that. But in these five years since you started versus now, I guess what are your overall impressions of how UK's program has, has kind of been built? Yeah, so the last three college beats that I've covered uh, were uh, Georgia, Kentucky, and Cincinnati, uh, and I've also covered Illinois. So I think that it stands out to me how those three programs, um, they got the right fit to lead their football program. Um, you know, if you look around, you know, these coaches all know X's and O's. They probably all interview the same. They all came from pretty much the same background. You know, Kirby Smart and Mark Stoops have a lot in common. Defensive guys uh, grew up in football families. Uh, so I think what separates um, football programs is when they get a glove fit coach. And it stood out to me in 2016 that Mark Stoops was perfect for that program in terms of being able to recruit um, border states in Ohio. I know they've created pipelines to Michigan. Um, they're they're starting. They've recruited uh, in state, beating out Louisville for a lot of recruits. Uh, Mark's kind of got that chip on his shoulder. I always used to say Youngstown tough kind of underdog mentality. Uh, do I think Mark Stoops would be a good head coach for the University of Georgia? No, but I don't necessarily think that Kirby Smart would, would be a great fit for Kentucky. Um, so I, I think Mitch Barnhart. Uh, made a good hire, and they also gave him some time from 2013 on. Um, obviously, some things had to go had they had some trial and error. I know uh, with the offense, um, and but for the most part, I just feel like Mark is is I'm not going to say he's the perfect person to lead Kentucky, but he's the right fit at the right time, and the way that he's been able to recruit, um, he's built Kentucky into what I think is about as good as they could be right now at this moment. Not trying to age you too much. I'm genuinely curious. Where where were you the last time Kentucky beat uh, Georgia in 2009? Were you, were you in college at Georgia at that time? I was a senior at, at UGA. That's right. And yeah. um, <laughs> I was at that game. I remember Sean Ely fumbling late to uh, help secure Kentucky's win. So that was a big win for the Cats. It was. You go back. Uh, I was watching that. I was in high school. I think freshman year high school. Uh and I can't remember who the color guy was on that game, but Mark Jones was the play-by-play. Uh, -play. And when Joe Cox threw that last interception, uh, you could just hear the color commentator say, oh, no, under his breath. It was a four-interception or four-turnover night. UK, I went and looked at the box score the other day. It was really hard to believe. UK won the turnover battle four to zero. But the yardage, I think Georgia outgained Kentucky by like over 200 yards. So it was one of those games that, uh, you know, they snuck out of there. But that was the last win, 0-9. Going down there this weekend with, um, interestingly enough, I think one of the talking points here in Lexington has been, you know, 2018, it kind of felt like UK more or less snuck into that game at the end of the season with Georgia, the game that decided the East. Kentucky really hadn't been playing that well those, those weeks leading into that game. Whereas this year, you know, I think people feel like the last few weeks beating Florida, beating LSU, some of those traditional teams that they have not beaten often, um, going into this game six and off, I feel like people maybe look at this as, as UK being a little bit more 
prepared for the moment. But this Georgia team, Fletcher, has been uh, – I mean, they're trending towards being an all-time historic defense. This is five, six years of really elite recruiting under Kirby Smart. Does this kind of feel like the culmination of of the Kirby Smart era to this point? And I guess how much uh, expectations at this point now that they have reached number one – I guess how much of a sense is there that, you know, he needs to cash in on this year and, uh, you know, win the SEC and, and frankly go win a national title? Yeah, uh, you might have done some foreshadowing there with that 2009 game. I, I was afraid you were going to ask me how can Kentucky beat Georgia. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But as far as Kentucky goes – or, excuse me, Georgia goes under Kirby, since 2017 their recruiting classes have been ranked third, first, second – first and fourth last year so um the only and the only teams that they that have beaten them in recruiting uh are Alabama and I think maybe LSU beat them one year so um I think whereas Kentucky is built very similar to Georgia very strong on the offensive and defensive lines uh Mark Stoops is a defensive head coach Uh, I think the offense is sort of finding itself and opening up a little bit more the only problem Kentucky's got is that Georgia's just got about probably 30 to 40 more four or five star players than they do. So um, I was a little surprised that the line was at 24 and a half, uh, given that last year's game was 14 to three, 2019 was 21 to zero, 2018 was 34 to 17. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, Georgia really, by, they dominated those games technically, but, uh, you know, that. Kentucky kept it close on the scoreboard. So I thought 24 and a half points was pretty wild spread. Um, I don't expect Kentucky to win. Um, but I do think that these two teams are built very similar. They have kind of the same identity. Uh, it's just Georgia's got such a great talent gap. And that's what you saw in games against Arkansas, Auburn. Uh, it's very similar there, too. Uh, those teams are kind of built like Georgia. You just can't. It's sort of like how Georgia has come up short to Alabama all these years. Kirby hasn't been able to out Saban Saban. And I feel like that's what Kentucky's going to try to do this weekend with Georgia. They're going to try to out Georgia, Georgia. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. I can't remember if I said it or I thought about saying it and I stopped myself, but I, I almost said something towards like UK being like Georgia light. But what I mean by that is almost like if Mark Stoops was the head coach of a, you know, power top five program or whatever, a team like Georgia, I feel like the way Kirby Smart runs his program would be kind of identical to how Stoops, in theory, would run around his team. So that's kind of what I mean by that. Like, I think you're right. Very similar in that regard. It seems like the the issue for Georgia, at least something on the outside looking in, has been kind of putting it all together offensively, being a little bit more explosive. Um, and then this year, you know, they've had some quarterback, not necessarily issues, just, just health issues with JT Daniels. I think they've said, what, he's got a lat injury or, or something like that. So Stetson Bennett, the mailman, has been uh, playing quarterback for most of the year. But you living down there in Athens, um, having history, you know, being a student at the University of Georgia, what, what's kind of just the overall, would you say, mood of the fan base, mood of the town as uh, as this game's coming up? They're ready to beat Alabama. I think that that's really it. You know, that's the last hurdle. You know, you have to hear a lot about um, – Obviously, there's a lot of history between Georgia and Alabama, and a lot of it goes in Alabama's favor dating back decades. Uh, but obviously, Kirby being an assistant under Saban for so long, um, that's just sort of the, the thing that he's got to get out from under. And, you know, truthfully, I think that uh, – I don't know that Kirby Smart would admit to this, but his first couple of years at Georgia, 
Um, Nick Saban got out ahead of him with these wide open, explosive, high flying offenses. Um, I think that Kirby has a lot of defensive coaches. Are. Maybe you know this with Mark Stoops too. It might be the same way. Kirby tends to be risk averse. Uh, that's how you end up starting Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. Uh, you know, that's how, yeah, that's how you end up starting uh, Stetson Bennett, a former walk on who, tr- who transferred from Georgia to a Juco and then came back to Georgia uh, has been as far down as like fifth or sixth on the depth chart. Uh, but you know, Kirby loves a guy that knows all the playbook. He loves a guy that knows where everybody on the field is supposed to be. Um, he'll rather ride with that and, and complement that defense and special teams um, instead of putting it out there um, with, with an offense that might put your defense in a bad spot. That works uh, against an Arkansas team that's still building. That works against an Auburn team with a first-year coach. That works with a Kentucky team that might have a big talent gap. That doesn't work against Alabama. I know that because they can't beat Alabama. So I think that uh, the thing to watch with Georgia is if JT Daniels gets to be 100%, um, when does, how do they work him back in? Because I think that you could see a scenario where Stetson Bennett is capable up until that moment when they need on, th- when they're facing third and six, third and six, third and six against Alabama. That's when you've got to have a quarterback, um, with JT Daniels caliber, um, and pedigree. And so, uh, that's really the storyline now it's, it's, does Georgia get to Alabama and does Kirby take the, the the less risk-averse approach with the quarterback and let it rip. It is interesting um, kind of how the SEC West could turn out. I think you've still got to bet that Saban will figure it out. History will show that, you know, even if they lose a game, typically they'll bounce back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a surprising loss to Texas A&M would be, would be interesting in a year like this where Georgia, you know, with the win Saturday would, would pretty much seize control of the SEC East at that point. I don't know if they could clinch it the next week or, or how that would even work. Um, might still be a little too early in the year for that, but would would be interesting to finally be there and expect to play Alabama in the SEC championship game and it be someone like Ole Miss or uh, I think Ole Miss still has one loss. So uh, just with this game, though, Fletcher, uh, Kentucky, Georgia, we talked a little bit about the way the roster has been built, types of head coaches. If UK was to – shock the college football world and pull off an upset what would need to go in its favor in your opinion yeah so i think georgia's won 25 out of 26 at home now um one the one blemish there was the south carolina game a few years ago very similar to the kentucky 2009 loss um this isn't exactly uh groundbreaking but if if you if you win the turnover battle by three or four your odds go up exponentially. I would even say, though, that like that South Carolina game two years ago, Kentucky needs a special teams touchdown. They need a defensive touchdown. Uh, those are the kinds of ways that you can beat Georgia. Because um, if not, um, you know, and I know that Kentucky is sort of an outlier this year. Aren't they like they've lost – they're losing the turnover battle by like almost double digits. I think it's minus eight now. It's minus eight or minus nine. I think it's minus eight because they won it against LSU last week. See, that's what's concerning for me. That's when you try to when I try to convince myself that Kentucky <laughs> can pull this off. Uh, that's not going to work. Uh, you know, you can't turn the ball over against this defense. There and and Kirby Smart is so good. But here's the here's the underrated part about Georgia and Alabama's been doing this for a decade. Georgia's special teams 
their punt return, punt uh, coverage, kickoff team. They have five-star players on their punt coverage team. So if you think you're going to win a field position battle, if you think you're going to win a straight-up game 21-14 to 14 with no turnovers, uh, no weird touchdowns on pick sixes or scooping scores, it's not going to happen. Uh, okay, so um, the blueprint's there, though, from 09, uh, the Kentucky uh, win in Sanford. And then, again, that South Carolina game. If anybody wants to, to pull up that, that box score, it was a wild game. Uh, Georgia still almost won, even though turning it over three or four times and giving up a pick six, I think. So um, very similar, like you said, to the yardage situation where Georgia dominated the yards and just lost. So that's how it has to be done. And that's really – that's just football. I think you ask any football coach, win the turnover battle, uh, get, a, get a weird touchdown, and you give yourself a chance in any game. So I, th- I think that's the path. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely been, um, you know, I feel like people maybe in the national media, not everybody. I mean, there's been a lot of glowing stories around about UK football this week as, you know, preparing for a game that I think across the board is pretty clearly, despite the large, uh, despite the large uh, spread in terms of points, like for what the game might mean in terms of the SEC East, I think it's definitely the biggest game in college football this Saturday. But it feels like a lot of people have pointed to the Florida game and, and looked at the penalties from Florida. Said, you know, four, uh, 15 penalties for 115 yards for Florida. They outgained UK. UK was like one of nine on third down. It was more like Florida losing it. Don't necessarily agree with that take. Uh, I think that's discrediting Kentucky's win a little bit because at no point was Florida ever fully in control of that game. In fact, Kentucky led by 10 in the fourth quarter. Um, and then LSU, I think you're going to – and it's probably end up being true, but you're going to get the narrative that they – caught an LSU team that doesn't care anymore and is kind of mailing it in, which I think will ultimately prove to be true, but I would maybe disagree a little bit that, you know, they don't, they just barely lost to Auburn last week and they, I know they lost the opener to UCLA, but I think the game to Kentucky is probably what's ultimately going to cause, uh, you saw Eli Ricks having surgery, Stingley's, you know, out with an injury. They're going to be a, a Boutte is out. I mean, they're going to be a shell of themselves as the year goes on, but I guess Fletcher, last question for you, uh, any, any score prediction? for Saturday. If you don't want to, you don't, you don't have to, but wanted to give you a chance here at the end. Yeah. I was really hoping to try to pick this game against the spread and make it interesting. (laughs) Um, In years past, I would pick Kentucky to cover. And like I said earlier, you know, the scores have been pretty close um, past three years. Um, And like I said, Kirby smart previously, and then under Mark Rick, Georgia didn't cover a lot of these spreads and the risk averse Kirby gets up by two touchdowns and he just takes the, the air out of the ball, runs the ball, controls the clock, controls field position, gets out. It's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, if you're playing the spread, it's sort of a, that's a harrowing way to try to live on a Saturday. So, but this Georgia team, it, it just feels a little different. I think the way that they dominated Arkansas at home, uh, the way they went to Auburn and, you're almost amazed Auburn was able to get a touchdown in that thing. So um, I think that Georgia's going to win by a couple touchdowns. I think 24 is hard to predict, but I think Georgia will win pretty easily. Um, now, I know that I'm on a Kentucky-centric podcast, and everybody's going to call me a homer because I went to UGA. I, I have a lot of respect for what Mark Seuss has done. I love – I'm going to be up and I come back to Kentucky like three times a year. I'm going to be back in uh, Kentucky this coming February. Looking really forward to it. Please don't get mad at me for making this pick, but Georgia's just so good right now. Um, it's just too hard to pick against them. 
Yeah, Sean and I are going to do our picks tomorrow, and I think they're going to feel the same way about me. But um, in a game like this, I just think – and I might have mentioned this so far. If not, I'm definitely going to mention it tomorrow. But, you know, Kentucky's key is obviously establishing the run when Georgia's only given up 64 yards per game or whatever. I just don't think Kentucky's got the athletes yet to uh, to rely on, on the air. I mean, to be able to beat a team like – to me, I look at a team like maybe Ohio State someone like that that, you know, has the run game and has the athletes at wide receiver to really challenge the team vertically. I still feel like Kentucky's probably quite a bit too one-dimensional. And I'm probably the same way you were. Like, I saw it at 24 and a half, and I was like, man, it's kind of disrespectful. And then I got to thinking, I was like, well, if I'm picking this game to be 31 to 7, like, that's right there on it. And I could, I could definitely see it being somewhere around there. But, Fletcher, it was really good to hear from you. Really happy to have you on the pod. And I'm looking forward to seeing you down in Athens this weekend. For sure, yeah, it'll be nice to catch all you guys in the press box. We'll have a good time.